This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. What's up, guys? Welcome back. This is the Do Big Things Podcast. I'm your host, Adam McRoberts. I am here to inspire you week after week with heroic tales from the trails. And I've got a banger for you right here. This one kind of got me in the feels. Larry DeWitt has far too many races and accomplishments to mention here. Uh, A couple of them include the Tour Divide. He finished that in 2018. And he was the Leadman champion in both 2006 and 2009. If you know anything about the endurance world, that says a lot right there. However, Larry grew up in a dysfunctional family where he was a juvenile delinquent, high school dropout, and periodically homeless. Sounds like two different people, right? Luckily, Larry was able to flip the script at an early age and went back to high school, ran cross-country, graduated honor roll, enlisted in the Army, and eventually earned himself three different degrees. This is another incredible story you guys don't want to miss. Alright, movies for the week. Um, I mentioned last week, I'm on the bike trainer. Um, My foot's feeling better. It's getting better and better every day. But I'm still on the bike trainer. I'm not running. And I bike in front of movies. <laughs> I watched four movies this week while I was on the trainer. So that's like eight hours right there. And I'm going to share them with you. So number one is Fury. This movie stars Brad Pitt. Yes. Um, let's see. A fantastic war movie. Uh, I'm not into war movies very much, but... Uh, this is a good one, trust me. It takes place in 1945, so World War II. Um, Brad Pitt commands a Sherman tank and a five-man crew on a deadly mission behind enemy lines. Um, yes, tremendous movie. I highly recommend it. This one gets me every time. Okay, this one I am kind of embarrassed to admit, but it's a classic, and it's uh, I, I have to watch it every year or two just to just to rewatch it. Uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, starring Sylvester Stallone, the special edition, of course, with all the extras. Um, he is back as John J. Rambo, the perfect fighting machine. <laughs> uh, classic movie. Um, yeah, I love this one. Two, what is this? Two hours and thirty-five minutes. Eh, it was a couple hours. Nineteen eighty-six. This movie came out. No, ninety-five minutes. Okay. Yep. Bike to that one this week. Uh, another one. Lawless. Great cast. Great movie. Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Guy Pierce. Um, super, super cool movie about uh, some brothers. That are operating in Virginia. They're operating a, a bootlegging uh, scheme, scam, running bootlegging, running booze. Um, yeah, 
Really good movie. Love it. Again, these movies kind of get me fired up while I'm on the bike. I'm looking for movies that are going to keep me awake and keep me pedaling. Last but not least, the classic Point Break. Starring Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. This movie came out in 1991. I was in high school. It's just as good now as it was in high school. It's 100% pure adrenaline. Uh, Love this movie. Classic. Great when it came out. Still great today. Yes. Uh, yes. Gotta watch it. I watched the remake at one point. Uh, I liked what they were trying to do, but I don't think they they quite pulled it off. And why remake a movie that the original still stands up? So that's the movies I biked to this week. Um, Hit me with your movies, guys. Give me some inspirational movies. I realize these are all dude movies, too. They're all, like, guy movies. Like, with guns and muscles and... Is that what fires me up? I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, Death Proof. That's a chick movie that fires me up. I love that movie. Quentin Tarantino. That's a classic. Uh, Maybe I'll watch that one next this, this coming week. All right. So that's my movies. Hit me with your movies, guys. I'm going to thank our sponsors real quick. First of all, Bigger Than the Trail, where you can get up to three free months of therapy by professional therapists that you choose, and they meet your criteria. So um, mental health is important. It's very important to me, and I have to stay on top of it. I love what these guys are doing. I tried it. I talked to someone for a few weeks, and it made me feel better. So you guys should check it out. Um, You know, like in endurance training and ultra training, um, your mental training is a big component of that. Like if you're you're not mentally sound, you're going to fall apart at mile 80. So, yeah, I can't I can't say enough good things about, about these guys. Check them out. Biggerthanthetrail.com. Try it out. You got nothing to lose. Exoskin. My people. From what I understand, these guys are having a huge sale right now. It's basically the holiday sale. They just extended it through February. So now's the time to get your shorts, socks, uh, get everything for the year. Because they have this huge sale going on, and I think it's bigger than the, than the discount code I have for you, which is capital BTC exoskin.us let them know you heard that you heard about them here and uh, listen to me now thank me later this stuff is the best running gear out there you're going to love it trust me alterego.running.com for the best running lids on the market everybody needs a couple of running hats right keep the sun out of your eyes these are some of the coolest ones out there Alter Ego Running. use our discount code do big things all caps all one word and athletic brewing I've got one right here all out extra dark is what I'm drinking right here uh, so <clears throat> the finest craft non-alcoholic beer on the market in my opinion and I'm not just saying that because I'm drinking one uh, check them out. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, all one word. 20% off. I'm on their website right now, and it looks like they've got a new one, Soul Sour, with hints of blueberry, lemon, and mango. Non-alcoholic sour. There it is. Athleticbrewing.com, you guys. Check these guys out. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, all one word hook yourself up with um, a healthier choice 
All right, guys, let's get into it. Give it up for this week's guest, Coach Barry DeWitt. Yeah, baby. Um, so yeah, our, uh, mutual friend and, uh, I call him a knucklehead cause I like to give the guy a lot of crap. Uh, Brian Pacenti, uh, recommended you highly and I know you're coaching him. And so, yeah, man, I just wanted to talk to you and, uh, sounds like you won lead man a couple different years. So of course I want to hear about that. That's a big deal. And, uh, you've been doing, uh, a, a lot of ultra stuff, ultra marathons, ultra cycling, all kinds of stuff. But um, I guess first and foremost, uh, since you're coaching Brian, I'm curious, I'm a coach as well, and Brian's a coach as well, but how did you get linked up as a coach on Training Peaks? Um, I just, actually, I don't remember. I just, um you know, I wanted to get into coaching. It was kind of a side hustle because um, I had a full-time job. And uh, I was already using Training Peaks as as my uh, uh, you know my logging and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I got USA certified. And then uh, you know I got uh, started talking, just looking at the thing and saying, "Wow, um, I could do this on uh, Training Peaks." I was using Training Peaks anyway for some okay. of the, my athletes. Mm. And uh, the biggest problem I had was. Um, you know, reminding them that they needed to make their monthly payment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw that training peaks does that for you. And, ah. uh, <laughs> I, I was sold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I can relate to that. I mean, uh, I, I would guess most ultra endurance athletes that like to spend a lot of time alone in the mountains aren't the kind of people who, yeah, like to send reminders that, yeah, you right. owe me X amount of dollars. Yeah. Same with me, man. Well, that, that's cool. That makes sense. And, uh, what benefits do you find? I'm not linked up with training peaks right now. I've talked to Brian about it a couple of times and I know he is, but what, what benefits have you found as a coach being on training peaks? I'm curious. Uh, the biggest one is, uh, they take care of all the billing. Okay. And, uh, you know, for me, that's just super convenient. I just don't want to mess with that. And, you know, um, they advertise and that's how Brian found me was through training okay. peaks. Okay. So I don't do any marketing advertising or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's either word or mouth. Um, I'd say probably uh, half and I, I I'm, I'm keeping it small because, you know, I don't want this to be some giant business. Uh, you know, I'm doing it because I like to do it. I love to do it. Uh, and, you know, I really want to get involved with the athletes that I'm coaching. So, um, but I'd say half of them were, uh, you know, referrals from tra training peaks. Okay, cool. Well, that's just another avenue right there that I should probably look into at some point. Um, all right. Well, Larry, um, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Obviously the name of the podcast is do big things and you have done some big things in the past, but I, I want to do some fact checking here. Like I, I tried to do a little bit of research on you and I want to make a hundred percent sure that I have the, the same Larry DeWitt. So, um, obviously you did, uh, you were the lead man champ, two different years. You did tour divide, um, and you did a million other races. I want to hear all about them, but Going back to growing up, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, you grew up in a dysfunctional family, occasionally juvenile delinquent, 
high school dropout, uh, periodically homeless. And then suddenly, okay, you're nodding your head. Yes. Perfect. So I'm on the right yeah, track. I mean, uh, then, uh, the homeless part is, um, you know, they called it runaway back then, but today that it's homeless, but yeah, right. I, was, I was sleeping under bridges and hitchhiking around the country and okay, you know, that okay. kind of thing. So. Or, or transient I've, I've right. heard is the yeah, nice yeah, way to call yeah, it too. Yeah. <laughs> But then, uh, so I, I do want to hear about that. But then, um, based on what I was reading, it looks like there was a complete 180. It, it looks like uh, you returned to school, you ran on the cross country team, you graduated on the honor roll, then you joined the army, you earned three degrees, and then you started your illustrious ultra career. So, <laughs> I mean, so I definitely want to hear about the past and, and how it all started. But like, what was that 180 flip right there? Like, what happened that completely turned you in the other direction? It was just uh, an epiphany, I guess. Uh, <laughs> kind of a funny story, I guess, or I don't know. So I was over at a friend's house. I lived on the north end of town, Akron, Ohio. And we were over at his house, uh, south end of town, doing drugs. Okay. And uh, I don't know, it was probably midnight or so. <clears throat> And for whatever reason, I decided I need to go home, get my toothbrush. <laughs> and so I'm walking through town, I'm going through the red light district and, you know, where all the drug addicts and the winos and the prostitutes are. And, and I just sat there and I looked at all these people and I said, if you don't get your crap together, this is your life. Mm. And, um, you know, I went back and asked if they'd take me back. I'd been kicked out of school and uh, asked if they'd take me back. And they said they'd take a chance with me and uh, I'd turn things around. Yeah, yeah, you really did. Um, I mean, if you don't mind getting into it, tell me a little bit about your, your family life growing up. I mean, it sounds like it wasn't ideal. It might've been a little bit hard, but can you give us no, any details um, And I don't want to get too much into it, but- um, Okay. But yeah, basically, uh, you know, uh, I had an abusive dad um, and, uh, you know, uh, he walked out, I'm not sure how old I was, maybe 11 years old after uh, putting me in the hospital uh, with broken ribs. And um, my mom, uh, she uh, tend to like the guys that drive Harleys <laughs> and, you know, worked at a, she worked at a strip, a strip club and, uh, you know, she had some pretty rough boyfriends that uh, were uh, a lot of drugs in the house. Um, and, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Sure. I don't sure. want to get into too much detail. But. No, no, that's perfect. And I, I can respect that for sure. Um, so, yeah, it, it sounds it sounds rough for sure. But um, and then you said you just kind of made up your mind. Like, if you don't get your crap together, you're going to end up like these guys like you make it sound so easy. Like, and, and so were you still high school age when you made this decision? Yeah. Yeah. Or... I think I was maybe, maybe 15. Okay. Okay. And, so that's uh, yeah. Young. I went back to school. Um, I remember watching a football team and I said, I could do that. And uh, so I joined a football team, got my butt kicked. It was like, Oh, I'll give the ball to the druggie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh then uh, I went out for track mainly to uh, get my speed up for football. And uh, we had some amazing sprinters. Um, we had a guy that uh, broke Jesse Owens's um, 
220 yard back then it was yards record. He did a 46 flat or 46 two 440. Um, and uh, our our mile relay team, the slowest guy was 49 flat on a 400. And so uh, I got thrown over, you know, you go over there with the long distance guys. And uh, so, you know, I did and uh, started running. And um, I think my first track meet was a two mile, or it was a two mile, but I don't think I'd ever run two miles in my life at that point. Matter of fact, I think I even still smoked, still, still smoked cigarettes. (laughs) And uh, the first race was in a snowstorm. Um, I finished, I finished it. I, I was actually fairly close to the front nice. and I just loved it. And then, uh, you know, I just, I just ran and ran and ran. That was my escape from everything. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the, the more I ran, the, the, the better I got and the more I loved it. So, okay. Okay. Um, that, it sounds romantic. It sounds like a cool story. Like I think of, I don't know if you've ever read the book, like once a runner by James Parker, I think it is, but that's sort of what it reminds me of is, is, um, yeah. High school kid, just finding solace and running and, you know, after school going out and running double digit miles almost every day and still, still in high school. I mean, is that kind of how it was for you? And, and was this 180? flip that you were making just like a slow progression you said you still smoke cigarettes while you were running track did you did that stuff fade away yeah, that, that didn't you? last long after track okay um, <laughs> you know it, it pretty much <clears throat> yeah I, it that that was kind of like right at the beginning okay but yeah Get you can't smoke and run track <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Okay. And it was so, just a cold turkey. I, I remember uh, I was talking to my cousin. I said, after this pack, I'm going to quit. And he said, you've said that a million times, either do it or shut up. I said, all right, uh, I'm done. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And, and running just took over at that point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your high school age, you're, you're trying to live your life for the better and sort of recognize your full potential maybe. Um, yeah. So like, what did it look like in those days? I mean, were you, were you still living with your family? Were you, was your relationship with them sort of sorted or what was that like? Oh, I don't want to get into the details there, but yes, I was still living at home. However, I was totally on my own. I mean, there was uh, drug parties going all night long. Um, You know, there was, yeah, just uh, it was just uh, in and out, in and out. People going in and out, like a revolving door. People coming in and you know, just drugs and drugs. And I would actually sleep down in the basement in the bottom of uh, in a pile of dirty clothes. So I wouldn't have to be disturbed. I'd be on my own going to school. I would actually sometimes. Uh, we're getting in more detail. Than I want to, but I'd actually. Uh, <laughs> You know, there would be nothing to eat, and um, I would, uh, on the way to school, I'd go way out over in another neighborhood or something and go into a 7-Eleven and grab, like, a, a box of cereal and a quart of milk and run out the store so I could eat breakfast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. so, yeah, um, but uh, I made it through school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you made it through school. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, and, and I don't want to dig, and I appreciate you sharing what you did, but, and then after school, you joined the army, so I'm guessing you were sort of looking at that as uh, a, a means to escape. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, talking to um, University of Akron about running track there, and, you know, I just started thinking, hey, that's not going to work out. It just, you know, there's, it's just not going to work, and so, uh, because I went to our school counselor and said, you know, I'm not so sure about college. Uh, and she just happened to be dating the army recruiter. And she's like, oh, well, uh, let's get you hooked up with Sergeant Richie. Uh-huh. And so uh, I talked to him and he says, well, you know, you join the army, you can run, you can go to college and you can get paid for it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I can't wait to get in. So, so it was nice. kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it must've been the right decision for you at the time, because if I read right, you were in the army for like 15 years. Oh no, no, no. Um, no. six years, six years. Okay. So yeah. I have that wrong. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you're in the army, you're running, are you running like on a team on the army? Um, I was, uh, I was running, I was, uh, I ended up going with the 101st Airborne Infantry. And, um, you know, but I ran and I ran, you know, I would, uh, even in basic training, when we were done, um, I would be running around, we were, we were um, uh, limited to where we could go, basically the, the barracks, and I would be just running around the block after you know, after we were supposedly um, done for the day and everybody thought I was nuts. And, uh, you know, I got to 101st and um, uh, I set some records, you know, on their 10 mile force march course where you go with full weapon gear, blah, 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 blah. And it's 10 miles. And, and uh, you know, I, I just loved it. You know, I, I would actually, um, you know, run, you know, they had PT every morning and I would always run five, six miles before PT. And, uh, I just, and then, you know, I got involved wherever I happened to be stationed. I got involved with the running clubs. I got, and then when I was in Germany, uh, and that's probably where you read the 15 years, I was in Germany for 15 years, Okay. but, um, got to Germany, uh, hooked up with the, uh, running club there, a track team and uh met some some of my best friends ever and um you know ran track for a german track team which was very cool and uh i got out and stayed in germany and uh continued to run until i was injured and then i got into cycling (laughs) okay okay is it fair Fair to say that you were obsessed in those days, or was it still just am. Uh, an extreme? Still am obsessed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, like, what is it about running and, and endurance sports that that hooked you in? Um, is it, it? I mean, for some people, they're running because it's almost like a, a mental escape or a therapy or a meditation. Or some people just like the physical movement. Uh, what is it for you that that really does it for you? Uh, might be all of the above. Um, I love <laughs> the feeling of being in shape. Okay. You know, um, I just love the feeling of being in shape. And I love being able to just go out there and do things you could do when you were a kid, you know, riding a bike, you know, mountain biking. And, you know, it's just, 
And it's just amazing. You got, you know, get friends. I, I was thinking about this the other day. We were out, um, you know, riding some trails and uh, just hammering and having a blast. And, you know, we were all between 50 and 60 plus years old. And, you know, we were like teenagers, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe we're not as fast or, you know, as we used to be, but the effort's there and the, the, the adrenaline's still yeah. there. It's, it's all, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's like being a kid again all the time. <laughs> totally. 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 I get it. I love it. I know when I'm on my mountain bike, that's exactly how I feel. Like I'm just a kid on the trails and uh, it, it's such a, a good freeing feeling. Um, how old are you now, Larry, if you don't mind saying? 64. 64. Okay. And so you're still doing a lot of biking and mountain biking. Are you still able to run, hike at all, or is it mainly just biking these days? Uh, right now it's biking. I have, a, I have uh, a hamstring issue that I'm, okay. I've been working on and I'll go out and test mm -hmm. once a week, but, um, normally I, I, uh, mostly run in the winter and, uh, you know, they have a winter series race in here in Colorado Springs. And, you know, I might do a marathon or something in the spring. Uh, and I do uh, a lot of pacing and crewing, uh, for, uh, especially at Leadville. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, uh, um, you know, so usually in the winter, I, 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 I run, but, uh, you know, this year I've been dealing with a hamstring injury, so, um, okay. I'm just riding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So when did you start racing? Did that happen after you got out of the army or were you racing while you were in the army still? Well, I started in high school and then, oh, uh, well. you know, while I was in the army. Yeah. I, I did, uh, a lot of five K's, 10 K's, and then eventually marathons. Okay. Uh, while I was in the army, um, I actually, they had, I actually qualified, uh, for the, um, uh, well, I forgot the program they called, but basically, uh, um, the army marathon team, I guess. And, uh, I was, you know, would have been able to go to California, I think Berkeley and, and train there. And, but there was a caveat I had to reenlist and, uh, I didn't want to do that. Mm, <laughs> Uh, you know, the army makes a lot of promises and they don't always keep them. So I wasn't, <laughs> so I just didn't trust them. So, okay. Okay. Because, uh, one of the things that led up to that is, uh, my first marathon ever was in Germany and, uh, I qualified for Boston and our wow. commander was, uh, uh, a, a runner and he says oh you're going to boston you know we're gonna give you uh, you know time off and and da, 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 da. well he left and another commander came and when i came went up and said uh you know um, i'd like to go to boston i'd like to you know take a leave and and go to boston he says no you're going to the field <laughs> and uh you know so that was kind of one of the reasons i didn't trust <laughs> sure yeah okay so what was uh what was your first marathon time? Do you remember? It's a BQ, um, must have been fast. It was yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I hardly ever remember times. <laughs> I mean, if I ran actually. a 10K last week and you asked me what it was, I probably wouldn't remember. But <laughs> I would say it was probably in the two, 250, 250 Whoa. range. Wow, for your first marathon. That's pretty, pretty fast. So Okay. So, um, you got out of the army and then what did life look like for you? Uh, were you just like friending 
uh, finding fellow run clubs and, and running with them? Or did you pursue the marathon time or what did life look like then? Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was running with, um, uh, Bomberg, uh, uh, track team, uh, had great friends there, um, was running, uh, 5k or 5,000 meter, 10,000 meter. Uh, I, we had a couple guys. So in order to go to the German national championships, at least back then you had to run a sub 30, a 10,000 meter. And um, I was not eligible because I wasn't German. So I would rabbit for, for teammates and stuff. And, uh, you know, basically run myself into the ground and try and get them guys under 30. Um, so that, that's, kind of, that's what I was doing. And then, you know, there were meets where I could go out and compete all out, you know, that weren't qualifiers or whatever. Okay. And uh, I started running some marathons and uh, yeah, so pretty much 10,000 meters, 10 Ks, cross country marathons is, is what I was doing. Okay. Okay. And you're going to school at this time? Uh, yeah, I was going, uh, getting a degree in, uh, um, computer science and working. Okay. Uh, I got, um, I was working as a, uh, oh, geez. <laughs> so, um, back in the day, there was this thing called the ARPANET, which eventually become the internet. And, uh, so when ARPANET came to Europe, um, I was, uh, I was basically a network um, analyst or network, work in the help desk. And I worked my way up to being the lead uh, network analyst in Europe. And, um, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> okay. um, but you are a teacher from what I understand or do you no, work at a no, high no, school no. or no? Okay. No, I was, I stayed in the IT uh, oh, you did. industry and, uh, you know, I was, uh, uh, I just recently retired and uh, I was uh, working uh, AWS cloud. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, basically cloud, uh, okay. you know, everything's in the cloud these days. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, migrating <clears throat> engineering uh, cloud solutions for government agencies and, and corporations and stuff like that. Ah, no kidding. Okay. And so that was your career and you said so you just retired recently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, when did the really long races start coming into your, uh, rolling around in your head? Um, well, marathon, the marathon was my favorite race when I was running, you know, back then when I was young and competitively, it just seemed like the longer the race, the better I did. Okay. And, uh, then I got injured. I was actually trying to make the Olympic trials and uh i just overtrained and uh it tore tore an achilles tendon mm. and then um uh you know i kept going back and forth trying to come back too early re and you know, i was just having one injury after another knee uh hip whatever back and uh, that went on for a couple years and uh <clears throat> i was in a locker room and um this one guy <clears throat> losing my voice here so Oh, you're good. One guy who would ride to work on his bike every day said, Hey, you ought to try riding a bike while you're, you're healing. That way you can stay in shape. So I started riding a bike and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, I started to actually, um, you know, started commuting back and forth to work. I did a couple bike tours. I went to, um, 
East Germany and uh, Czechoslovakia, Poland, uh, the day the the day before the wall went down, I I, I went to East Germany, and uh, did uh, Yugoslavia. Um, a couple of us did the perimeter of Ireland, and you know, I was doing that, and I just was loving it. I like, you know, biking is way, way too fun. I didn't, I wasn't going to get into racing. I said, this is too much fun. I'm not going to ruin it by doing intervals and hill repeats and all that kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> and then when I came here to Colorado, you know, I hooked up with some guys going mountain biking. And they're like, dude, you need to race. And so I jumped into a race, and you know, then it's like, oh man, that's fun. And then I got back into the intervals and the hill repeats. <laughs> but it was the same thing. It seemed like the longer the race, the better I did. Okay. And then uh, uh, I heard about this race called Leadville. And uh, it was the second year they had the mountain bike race. And I had no clue. I just drove up there. Back then, there was no lottery because there was only a handful of people in it. Sure. I just drove up there, uh, signed up the day before. Uh, camped in the back of my uh, truck, got up, had, you know, full pack with all my food and everything, got on the starting line and finished. And when I finished, I like, that's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Mm. You know, I, I, I didn't, I, I just had no clue what I was getting into. I just went out there and did it. Yeah. And uh, so Leadville became an obsession. I, I think I've done it. The bike race, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 15 times, I guess. Whoa. Wow. 12 and 15 times. And you've been doing the run too. How many times have you done the Leadville 100 run? I've had, I've got three finishes and one DNF. Three finishes. Okay. One DNF. And and two of those finishes must've been Leadman. Yeah. Well, um, all four attempts were, or all four were lead man. So ah, that's okay. how I, that's how I got back into running. I hadn't run for years. Ah. And then I, they started this lead man. I heard about the lead man. I was like, well, kind of goes back. Um, I was crewing and pacing a guy and, uh, for at Leadville. And, mm. you know, so it was in the back of my mind. It's like, I'd like to do this someday. Although, yeah, I mean, he was puking and, you know, it was, it was ugly, (laughs) but I was like, I'd like to do this someday, but I don't want to give up biking. And then, then, uh, led, then there was lead man. I like, well, that's perfect. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I hooked up with a a group called crud here in Colorado Springs stands for Coloradans running ultra distances. And, uh, what a great group those guys were, they were so fun. And, uh, you know, we do all these long runs into the mountains and uh, just had a blast, you know, again, like being kids, we, you know, stop and explore caves or, um, you know, old uh, uh, mining ruins and stuff like that. And, you know, it wasn't just serious running all the time. It was out there just being kids and exploring and having fun. And uh, so um, signed up for Leadman uh did the marathon and then um, how old were you at this time your first lead man oh geez um i was in my 40s for sure okay and uh but it was like three or four days before the silver rush uh my uh mother-in-law um well she was she had liver cancer and it just went south and um 
and she actually, uh, we tried to get to in Germany. And uh, so we flew to Germany and this is like three days before Silver Rush. And um, we didn't get there in time. She passed away before we got there. Hmm. But so I missed Silver Rush. So Lead Man was pretty much out, but I went ahead and did the rest of it. Okay. And um, I can't remember. That might've been the second one. I don't remember. Uh, there was the first, okay. The first one. Yeah. The first one I did collegiate peaks 50 as a, as a warm up race. Mm, nice. And I got, uh, I did, I did well, but, um, afterwards my knee was just shot and that's like in May sometime. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, I couldn't run. And uh, so I was just doing the bike and, uh, and I think I went to about middle of June and finally I was like, I got to do something about this. I can't run. And so I went to a chiropractor. Actually, I was riding with a chiropractor and I was telling him about my knee and he says, well, you need to see me. I said, you're a chiropractor. And he, he says, I'm good. I said, okay. So I went and saw him and he fixed it. Um, and so I started running again. I was trying to catch up probably too much. And by the middle of July, I was, um, yeah, it was after the, uh, the marathon. Yeah, it was that same year. So it was after the marathon and then I, I was injured again. And uh, it was the same week. So I did the mountain bike race and uh, I didn't do the 10K. And then uh, I still couldn't run. So I went back to the same chiropractor thinking either he's really good or he was lucky. And he he worked on it, needed the crap out of it and said, get on the starting line, see what happens. So really from May <clears throat> to the start, I probably ran two weeks, maybe <laughs> three weeks. Wow. It was all the running I did. And uh, uh, that was, that was, uh, that was my first hundred ever. And, <laughs> was and uh, it took me five hours to get from May queen to the finish. My, my pacer, who was the guy that I paced that got me into this in the first place, said I even fell down in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> but you were moving pretty slow at the end. Oh, um, very, yeah. But I, <clears throat> you know, I was going to finish no matter what. So Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, did you still, you still won Ladman that year though, right? No, no, no. That was because, okay. you know, and I didn't do Silver Rush. Oh, okay, okay. The 10K. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so okay. I, I think it was the second time. Yeah. The second time. And then the third time, which was 2009, I believe. Um, mm. I had it in my mind, but I wouldn't tell, I didn't tell anybody um, that I was going to try and get the big belt buckle in both, which nobody had ever done, or at least not lead man. Okay. And but I, I, I just, I didn't say, I didn't, I don't even think I told my wife. <clears throat> and so for anybody listening, that is sub 25 hours on the run. And, uh, what is it on the bike? Sub, uh, nine, sub nine on a hundred mile bike ride. Uh, okay. So, and you know, I, I, the sub nine on the bike, um, you know, I'd done so, plenty of times and, okay. uh, you know, the, the question was the run. Mm -hmm. and uh somehow i pulled it off <laughs> <laughs> but you pulled it off and won lead man yeah 
Yeah. That's pretty incredible. How many people were, were competing in the lead man that year? Do you remember? I think they cut it off at 50. If oh. I remember, I, okay. I think they allow more now, but I think back then uh, 50 was the limit. Yeah. Okay. And was your strength at that time, the mountain bike? Yeah, it always has been. Always has been. Yeah. So you crushed on the mountain bike. Did you always skip the 10 K race or did you ever do that? No, I had done it. Uh, the, previous year okay um you know because you got to do them all you know to to win it or to to even be considered a finisher well isn't correct me if i'm wrong isn't there five different events and you have to choose four of them back then um uh back then there were four and they added the 50 they added the silver rush run oh gotcha so it was the marathon, the 50-mile mountain bike race, Silver Rush, um, the 100-mile mountain bike race, the 10K, and the 100-mile um, the, uh, run. Got it. And then they added the, uh, the Silver Rush run later. Okay. Okay. Got but, it. Yeah. So the 10K, you know, you, you just <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so uh, they have a dog division. Uh, dog category and so no way. I have a dog yeah <laughs> for the and 10k you, so you yeah. can run with your dog yeah and oh. they actually have award ceremony for the dogs and my oh. dog won oh, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and so when i went back the next year you know i wanted to make sure uh it's sounds kind of stupid but um I want to make sure that my dog was a repeating champion <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, yeah, that's cool. Came pretty hard. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, do you still have dogs? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a dog guy too. Um, yeah. Um, that's cool. That's cool. So um, so I'm guessing, yeah, if mountain biking was your strength, I'm guessing you just crush the mountain bikes and then the runs, you were just kind of hanging in there, but you must have had some talent because um you had some pretty decent finishing times. I mean uh, I think one of them was 24 and uh, yeah. I mean, you had a couple 25 uh, sub 25s, didn't you? Uh, just the one. Um, okay. The one that took me five hours to get from, uh, to get from uh, May Queen. Uh, I think I was around 27 something or maybe, no, probably closer to 28 or, you know, in the 28s. And then I don't okay. remember what the second one was. And then that one was a uh, 24, 10, I was a little disappointed. I wanted to try and make it a one day event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just, um, everything clicked that day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, and the, uh, the, there was probably my lowest point was coming into May Queen uh, during that time. But um, my son was there who had just come back from Iraq and, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I always want to do is be a good example for my son. And, um, you know, he's like, I was, I was in any event, any race, any, any long, no matter how hard it is, one of my goals is to always be um, upbeat, positive and nice to the crew. Cause I've seen some people just destroy their crews. Mm. And it's like, why? Right. But um and, and I was kind of down and my son picked up on it and he's like, dad, you got a whole hour to play with and you could walk and still make the cutoff. So, and it, just by him saying that, him being my son, um, you know, just boom, it just 
completely, you know, changed my attitude. And I pretty much ran the whole way in. Mm -hmm. Nice. So based on your times with the, the led the 100 run, it sounds like you went out a little bit hard, well, especially like the time that you, you, it took five hours from May queen to the finish. You must've gone out really hard blown up miraculously and then had a, a really slow walk into the finish. But I mean, if you finished in 27, 28 hours with a five hour walk at the end, it sounds like you must've hammered pretty hard for the first half of the race. Yeah, I probably, I had no clue what I was doing. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, you know, uh, what do they say? If you're, if you feel comfortable, you're probably going too fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and so doing these lead mans has, is, I don't know if that's exactly what led to, but you've done a whole bunch of other races, uh, a lot of biking, a lot of running, um, 2018, it looks like you did the tour divide. I'd love to hear about that. Oh, that was awesome. That was epic. Yeah. Uh, is that something you had wanted to do for a long time? Yes. Um, I read, I read a book by Jill Homer and, uh, ah. that, you know, I'd always, I'd always had it in the back of my mind. And then I read, uh, be brave, be strong by Jill Homer. And that just right there. You know what? I just had, I just had Jill Homer on the podcast. In fact, it's uh, going to be released tomorrow morning. So it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> but anyway, that, totally that, cool. that book just totally, um, uh, you know, it, it somehow just grabbed a hold of me and said, you know, I have to do this. And, uh, the problem was, is, you know, getting time off work. And, uh, yeah. so I decided I was going to retire and I, I put in my resignation and the owner of the company's like, what can we do to keep you around for a couple of years? And I said, well, there's this race. And he says, you got it. Now I wasn't expecting mm -hmm. that. He says, what do you need? We'll even sponsor you, you know, on and on and on. And then I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> you know, this is really going to happen. I had all these excuses before. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, yeah, a, a lot of encouragement from my employer. And, uh, and I got out there and, and it was just uh, it was it was so epic. It was so, mm. so cool. Mm. And it was there, you know. You definitely, definitely, definitely have to have the right mindset for that you know, there are times when it just seems absolutely hopeless. Uh, it going through Montana, it rained nonstop for three days straight day and night. And it was a, the mud that you could not, your tires wouldn't turn anything. You, you know, you've got all this gear on your bike and you're just soaked to the bone going through the night. Um, you know, miles upon miles away from the closest town or anything and uh you know you just gotta say well i had a, a little saying in my head through the whole thing when it got when in situations like that is i like the way this sucks you know that was that was kind of my mantra <laughs> and uh yeah but uh, yeah and it, you could never think of how far you just you know, like in situations like that, it's like, well, um, I've got dry clothes in my pack. I've got a sleeping bag. 
you know, if I have, you know, if it comes to where I can't go any further, I can hold up somewhere, you know, I have food. <laughs> yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it was just awesome. So, yeah, no, that it's funny how your mind switches from, you know, I'm out on a bike race or I'm out on an adventure to survival. You know, you're like, okay, what do I need to survive? I have, I have my tent, I have my food, I have warm clothes. And, uh, um, that's interesting that you say that because yeah, you sign up for a bike race and next thing you know, you, you are in full on survival mode. It sounds like how long did that race take you? 25 days, 25 days. And yeah, what's I, the mileage I, on that? It's like 2000 something. Uh, I think it's 27. I'm pretty sure it was a lot more for me. I took a lot of wrong turns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lost two days due to bad decisions, dumb mistakes, rookie mistakes, I guess. And yeah, but <laughs> that's, and that's another, uh, you know, when you say where, where you feel like sometimes it's, it feels hopeless, yeah. you know, when you do stuff like that and then it yeah. just, uh, adds to the, but you just got to keep the right attitude. You just got to mm. stay positive and have the right, right mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, you have to stay positive. If you get negative, especially when you're out there getting lost, um, I mean, I would have to guess that in your head a couple times, you're going, I, I may not finish this thing. This thing is humongous. I'm getting lost. I'm making bad decisions. Um, was there ever any doubt in your mind? Or when you say stay positive, that's something you really, really practice? I had put in my head that quitting was not an option. And uh, mm. you know, mm-hmm. there were times, so. I had, um, I had the wrong pedals for sure. I had, uh, egg beaters and, um, they were really digging into my foot. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with egg beater pedals, but they're minimal pedals. And I was getting a really, really bad case of hot foot. And it was like, it was excruciating to turn the pedals. And, um, that went on for about three days. And uh, I got into um, Steamboat Springs, got into a bike shop and bought flat pedals. And then it was like, you know, someone that can't see putting on glasses. It was just like night and day. But there were times, I mean, I was almost in tears. It hurt so bad. And I kept thinking, I don't know how I'm going to finish, but I'm going to finish, you know, and, you know, I did just one pedal stroke at a time. And that was, that was a three day ordeal. So, but I was going to finish. Um, I broke my thumb in New Mexico. And, uh, you know, I think the last three days I rode with a broken thumb. So, How'd you do that? Crashed. Crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, in uh, the, so, Germans have, the Germans have this saying, Gluck mit Ungluck, which means uh, good luck with bad luck. And uh, so I crashed right outside of this little tiny village and uh, came into the village and there was this little um, like stand, uh, uh, you know, where they sell like candy bars and Coke and stuff like that. It was just outside somebody's house um, and uh, rang the buzzer and um, they came down, uh, the lady came down and, uh, you know, I had cut my eye open real bad and uh, my whole face was filled with blood and, and, uh, and there was uh, two guys with me. And uh, she comes down and uh, she looks at me and says, uh, 
you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I'm not going to the hospital. I got to finish this thing. She says, well, my daughter's a nurse. You need to come up to the house. I mean, this little tiny village in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, they go up there and she butterflied. Uh, she kept saying, I need to get stitched. She butterflied that. She checked me for concussion and decided that uh, I couldn't continue on in the condition I was in. I think she thought I had a concussion. And uh, they put us up for the night and fed us dinner, everything, you know, wow. it's just, and, and it was like that all the way across the tour divide, uh, 2,700 miles, 25 days. I don't care if it was Montana cowboys, uh, going through Indian reservations. This was a Mexican family. Um, everybody, not a single negative experience whatsoever. It was mm. just amazing. You know, mm. you think you listen to the news and you think, you know, the whole world is, yeah. you know, it was just amazing. Wow. Yeah, I would have to imagine something like that would restore your faith in humanity almost, you yes, know, like, yes, I was thinking the exact same thing, you know, you watch the news, and it's all doom and gloom and fires and death and robberies, and you're out there actually in it, like sleeping under the stars and nothing but positive experiences. Yep. Yeah, everybody just come out of the wood. And you know, you have these, um, uh, they call them uh, trackers, mm -hmm. uh, spot trackers. And, uh, you know, they, they, they actually, you can follow the whole race live and, you know, the towns we come through, these people are watching and, mm. you know, come through into towns and they'll, you know, call you by name and, you know, offer to clean your bike for you, have food for you, all this kind of stuff. And it's just amazing. Mm. Um, there's a lot of trail magic, you know, you're just going along and this was amazing going through New Mexico, um, you know, looking for water, uh, just creeks were all dried up, you know, it's, it's hot, running out of water, going to a campground and start, you know, just try to ask some of the campers. And I mean, they fall all over themselves to help you. <laughs> and, you know, there were times where you're just going down the trail and all of a sudden there's an ice chest out there says four tour divide riders, you know, yeah. <laughs> you just left a lot, you know, ice chest full of water out there. Yeah. So, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah trail magic yeah you hear about that on the at and other other big trails as well that's yeah that's beautiful um so was that race probably the hardest thing you've ever done i mean when when you're doing that race and you're two-thirds of the way into it are you feeling like this is the toughest thing i've ever done um where was your head at when you were closing in on the finish it was um yeah it's definitely beat up from the crash towards the end and uh I was, I don't know, I was loving it. You know, I was just loving it. And, um, you know, there were times I was, you know, I'll be glad when I'm finished. Matter of fact, I think I made a statement when I'm done with this, I think I'm just going to go home and be an old man. And, uh, <laughs> sounds nice when you're out there pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same, it's uh, sometime, you know, as you're getting close to the end, it's like, wow, um, you know, I'm sad this is going to end, you know. Mm. Uh, it, it's kind of, you know, just like anything else you got, um, there's times when it's, uh, tough and there's times where you're just loving it, you know, like in a hundred mile race, you know, there's times when you're down really low and then there's times where you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And that was kind of how that was Yeah, kind of a little bit more to the extreme and longer lasting, but, um, mm -hmm. the same thing. And, uh, I was just loving it, you know, um, 
just being able to there there was a point even um coming coming out of Breckenridge and across the uh I forgot the name of the plateau but you cross highway 24 and as we we're coming across I could see Pike's Peak you know and I'm thinking I can make a left and be home today <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know there's no way sure <laughs> yeah yeah um, I've toyed around with the idea of, of that race, uh, for a long time. It sounds like you would recommend it. How, how would you, if, if, if a client were to come to you and say, I'm training for the tour divide, I want to do it in, I don't know, year, two years down the road. How would you suggest someone train for something like that? The biggest thing is test your equipment, mm. you know, test your packing, uh, test your nutrition, um, get used to gas station food. Uh, but you know, you want to make sure, you know, how your equipment works, uh, you know, how, you know, that you're, how to set your tent up, all that, everything that your tent's actually waterproof because you will get rained on, you will get snowed on, um, uh, you know, uh, find the, the biggest thing is, is get out there and do a lot of overnighters mm -hmm. yeah. that that's, uh, the, the key, I think. Yeah. You know, you can, riding is only part of the training, the, doing a lot of overnighters, doing a couple, couple overnighters or two or three days, you know, so you get used to uh, dealing with that. You know, it's not yeah. just riding. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense because you're reliant, your survival and your, and just trying to finish something like that is reliant on all your gear. You know, you're reliant on your bike working, you're reliant on yeah, tent not leaking on you and, and all your gear being perfect. And, and yeah, I just picture like, you have to be able to almost like reach into a gear bag and know where everything is in the dark or in the rain. Right. And yeah, right. it just takes a, a lot of practice. So that's then, interesting that that's at the top of your list is, is checking that gear. Yeah. And especially uh, rain gear, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't go cheap on rain gear and get right. the best there is because um, there were, twice two times that um you know i was on the verge of hypothermia and you know if i hadn't had the uh, you know the rain gear i had i think saved my life hmm. and i did come upon a guy uh at one point um who was pretty hypothermic and you know had to help him out but and when they do they do a briefing before the race at least at the mass start you know everybody's where you know everybody's talking about the grizzly bears the grizzly bears that's that's on everybody's mind but when they uh, did the brief, they said, you know, the grizzly bears aren't the problem. It's hypothermia. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they've had serious uh, cases. I think they've had a couple deaths with hypothermia, but they've not, they've had very little, if any, problems with grizzly bears. Hmm. But they're definitely out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see any while you were out there? No, but I saw lots of grizzly bear scat all over mm. the place. We were camping right in the middle of a. Of a <laughs> uh, um, okay. And then last but not least, I have one last fact to check with you that I read. I think, and again, and I think this is you. Um, you were in a race and you got hit by a deer and you broke your back. Is that right? I was right. I wasn't in a race. I okay. was um, training for a race. But yeah, for race. actually, I, okay. I hit the deer. The deer didn't hit me. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that okay. was. Um, so you're out training 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was sorry, descending. I was doing hill repeats. And uh, I was descending. Uh, I think you're you're familiar with Colorado Springs, Cheyenne Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. So I was descending. Oh, yeah. And um, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from. It was just I never saw it approach. I never saw maybe I was looking at something or maybe I was spaced out or something. But just all of a sudden there it was. I never had time to hit brakes or anything. And jeez. Uh, yeah, I remember laying on the ground thinking, um, this could be a life-changing event. <laughs> yeah, you broke your back, right? Yeah, yeah, I had, um, uh, what was it, five fractures across three vertebrae. Ooh, and how long ago was this? July of 2020. Oh, so pretty recent. Yeah, so I was training for... Um, okay. Uh, uh, Utah Epic or something like that it was a, like a 700 mile self-supported race across Utah. And um, I still did it. I didn't finish, but I still, uh, yeah, I got, I got really lucky again, gloop, medun gloop. Um, I hit the, I hit the deer, uh, was taken to the hospital um, via ambulance uh doctor come out and said they did x-rays and uh i think they did an mri but um he says i got good news and bad news uh what do you want to hear first i said i'll take the bad news he said you got five fractures across three vertebrae and i'm like oh crap what's the good news he said uh i expect 100 percent recovery uh, i think okay <laughs> that is good news <laughs> <laughs> he said the way you, you know the fractures where they are and all that um uh, should, shouldn't affect you, uh, permanently. So, okay. Okay. And I think within four or five weeks I was on the trainer. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not too bad. Wow. Um, what's in your future, Larry, you're, you're still out there. You're still getting after it. Um, you're coaching people. Um, what are do you still have your eye on races or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. big adventures? What's, what's on the list? Oh, definitely. Um, well, the one thing I'm doing now is uh, coaching a high school mountain bike team. Huh. So I, uh, started coaching Cheyenne mountain high school mountain bike team, uh, about eight years ago, started out. I think when I started, we had seven kids and the end of the first year we had 12 after six years, we had 60. And, uh, then I decided that, um, you know, having a full-time job, having a coaching gig and competing myself was, um, it was just too much. And I had, um, there was a, a couple that were ready to take over. They were, they were, they're awesome. And they're coaching the team now. Yeah. So I left and then I decided I wanted to, um, help kids in, uh, you know, the, uh, lower income school, try and start a mountain bike team there. And I was working with an organization called kids on bikes. And, um, there's just, there's so many hurdles, uh, you know, it would be much easier to get a running team versus a mountain bike because mountain biking is mm. face it. It's an expensive sport for sure. And, uh, so we were trying to kind of overcome these hurdles coming up with plans and stuff. And then, uh, I was, uh, contacted um by the league i believe or one of the other coaches saying there were four or five kids at air, air academy high school which is in my neighborhood um that uh were interested in 
having a mountain bike team, would you be interested in coaching? And I said, uh, sure, that's my neighborhood. And so I kind of abandoned the, uh, the project to try and get low income school team started. And um, so last year was our first year. Um, we had an incredible year um, and ended the season with 35 kids. Uh, we, um, we had one girl finish second in the state. You know, and there's, there's 85 teams, mm -hmm. high school teams in Colorado. So, you know. Um, Whoa, holy cow. It, it's amazing. The races are amazing. If you ever get a chance to go to one, I highly suggest it. Uh, our, the first one, um, I, they haven't got the schedule, but last year the first one was in Leadville. And uh, oh, cool. So state championships are in, in uh, Durango. And it's just awesome. It's just so awesome. But um, yeah, how so, far typically are these, how, how far are these high school races? Like what's the um, distance? They, they do laps and a lap is usually six miles. So freshman, sophomore oh. um, do two laps. Uh, okay. JV, JV do three and uh, um, varsity does uh, four, which is, you know, that's 24 miles. Nice. And uh, you know, they're, miles. Yeah, that's cool. They're they're tough courses, and um, and uh, you know, uh, the girls the girls varsity do three, and um, uh, I have to take that back. They changed it this year. They they reduced it by a lap. So the varsity does three now. Um, JV sophomore and uh, freshman do two. And uh, so the girls do the same amount of laps as the boys now. So, um, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's just so awesome. But, um, yeah, we had a girl, uh, our sophomore girl finished second in the state. And uh, we, had, uh, we had a couple, uh, we ended up a couple times in regional races uh, finishing second as a team. And third, uh, we ended up finishing third uh, in the, in the region, I think, but, uh, we had out of, mm. out of the 15 kids we had racing, I think we had six, maybe, I think we had eight qualify for state. I, I, I you'd have, I'd have to check on that, but uh, that number's in my head for some reason. So it, it's just yeah. awesome. And the kids, you know, one of the reasons I do this is, um, you know, give back, you know, which sounds kind of corny, but uh, I love seeing these kids develop. And like when I was at Cheyenne Mountain, I remember one kid, you know, some of these kids, uh, they, they're, they're not really athletes. And, uh, you know, I remember one kid, you know, he was the kind of kid that got picked on all the time and probably bullied. And, and I noticed he had some uh, climbing ability and I just harped on him. And, you know, by the time he was a senior, he's racing varsity and one of the best climbers in the state. And I just saw no him kidding. in this, you know, shy, you know, afraid, um, you know, being picked on kid to, you know, being this confident, um, you know, uh, he would even talk to girls, you know, and <laughs> just mm -hmm. complete mm -hmm. turnaround, you know, and, and it's just, uh, it's just awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's what I'm doing. And then, so with that, um, since, you know, the season uh, starts in August and goes all the way through October, I try and get all my races done early. So uh, actually I'm doing a 24 hour race in two weeks. Um, uh, 24 hours old Pueblo near, 
Tucson. Okay. And then uh, I got some other races coming up in the spring. Uh, Whiskey 50. There's one out in uh, the Colorado, Utah gravel race, 125 miles. What's that one called? Colorado to Utah. C-O and then the number two, U-T. Okay. That sounds cool. And then the Whiskey 50 down in um, somewhere in Arizona. I forgot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool got a few races coming up i'd yeah. love to do tour divide again but um, really yeah i got the commitment with the high school team and all that so sure yeah well you never know what the future holds right yeah. just yeah that's yeah. for sure well what a great conversation man it's i i found it really inspiring and and especially you know beings where like where you came from, you know, where you came from and what you developed into is, is really fascinating. Like I love studying uh, human nature and just seeing what it is that drives people. And so, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And um, if anyone would like to look you up as a coach and inquire about some coaching, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, Jay, through training peaks. Training peaks. Right now I'm not sure I can take any more. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, full load right now well that's a good problem to have right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool well thanks so much for doing this man uh, i really enjoyed it oh. and um if we ever get the opportunity maybe you me and brian should get together and do a little mountain biking or something that would be over, awesome over and, the summer uh, are you going to be out at leadville this summer you bet 100 percent. i'll be there at the bike race for sure okay but, um, uh yeah and if you get a chance um It'd be, you got to come out to one of the high school races. Uh, I'd like to, they sound really they, cool. I think the first race, if it's in Leadville this year, it will be the week after the Leadville run. Oh, really? Okay. And it's up there at the college. It's, okay. it's, it, you'd be blown away by how, yeah. how professional, how fast these kids are. Really? Yeah. It sounds really cool. Sounds inspiring. Cool. Well, Thank you so much, Larry. I appreciate you. And I hope to get to meet you in person someday. And hopefully we can uh, share a few miles. But, All right. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for doing this. Me. Absolutely. It's, uh, I was, I was really nervous, but it wasn't so bad. <laughs> no, it's not so bad. <laughs> well, thanks so much, man. Um, stay in touch and hopefully talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, heartfelt thank you for listening and hanging out until the end of the show. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'd like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy and aren't exactly in a position where you can afford it right now, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for up to three months. No strings attached, you guys. This is, this is really, really cool what these guys are doing. I couldn't love what they're doing anymore, in fact. Uh, I signed up. It was quick. It was easy. They matched me with a therapist that met my personal criteria, and I meet with them once a week. I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing, and we can all do this together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail, sign up for their services, and let's do the small things in life. 
that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Please let them know we sent you. We also want to thank our good friends at Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats, and who doesn't need a good hat when you're out running or on an adventure? These hats should be your go-to on your everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital Do Big Things, all caps, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at On Pace Wellness. Contact them if you need to get your nutrition on track. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, find us at big-things-crewing.com or patreon.com slash do big things. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, thanks for a run, homie.